podcast of sermons by Pastor Charles St. Ange, LCMS Missionary in Montreal, Quebec, and the Caribbean. And Pharisees came up and tested, in order to test him, and asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Grace, mercy, and peace be with you. From God our Father, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Over the course of October, the next few Sundays, we will be looking at Mark chapter 10. We get a read-through of almost every verse in this chapter that is kind of a pivot point in the middle of Mark's gospel. And this particular chapter is about our Lord's love of life and our pursuit of death. It's really that simple. And starting with today's reading and then going on next Sunday, although next Sunday is Thanksgiving, so we might look a little bit at Luke chapter 17, and then the two Sundays after that, we will be looking at this contrast between our constant pursuit of things that are not good for us and our embeddedness in the things that are of death, and Jesus is constantly calling us back to life, especially life in his name. And it all starts today with marriage and children. Now, it starts with a simple enough question. Jesus is asked what the scriptures say about divorce. And the Pharisees repeat back to Jesus what Moses told them in Deuteronomy chapter 24. When a man takes a wife and marries her, if then she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her, he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house. Interestingly, by the way, this applies to men, not to women. They didn't have the authority under the law of Moses to write a certificate of divorce for their husband and send them away. Jesus, interestingly enough, says, why would that not be the case? Now, what is this all about, and what does it have to do with death? This is divorce, after all. We know the fifth commandment is you shall not murder. The sixth commandment is the one about committing adultery. But the reality is that divorce, coveting, bearing false witness, and yes, murder, are all really things that only have an impact on a world after the fall. There was no need for a Ten Commandments in the Garden of Eden. There was, in fact, only one commandment. You can eat of any tree in this garden, save the tree of knowledge. And the one tree that people were commanded to eat from, Adam and Eve, was the tree of life. It was the tree of knowledge that was going to bring death. The law is intimately tied to death, which is tied to sin. Paul says so in Romans chapter 7. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. Now, I don't think the Pharisees thought of divorce as death. So it's Jesus, who is the Lord of life, that has to remind them of what's actually happening when a man sits down and writes a certificate of divorce and sends his wife away. And to do that, Jesus has to take us back to the pre-death world, the pre-fall world, the way God intended things to be in the beginning. 
In fact, he jumps over the law that was delivered to Moses at Sinai and goes back to the word that was delivered to Moses about creation. Do you not know that God created them male and female? That he gave an instruction built into nature that a man should leave his father and mother and cling to his wife and the two should become one flesh. I knew Parwiti would help me out. One flesh. Marriage creates something precious and new, a new life. And so what is happening when a man so callously sits down and under the premise of the Mosaic law simply says, I divorce you? It's no different than somebody coming up to you with a dagger in a dark alley somewhere and stabbing you. You are killing something that God made alive. That's heavy words. Divorce can only exist in a world in which there is already death, in which there is already sin, in which there needs to already be a law. Now, divorce happens, even amongst Christians, even amongst pastors. And you know what else happens amongst all of us? Death also happens amongst Christians, also happens amongst pastors. We live under the law in a world that is driven by death. And so Jesus has to give us life. It's Jesus that has to come and remind us of the way things were intended to be in the beginning. That God did not create a world in which things were constantly supposed to be falling under the effects of disease and violence and disorder and death. But that God created a world that was intended to be perfect, beautiful, and alive. And to really drive that point home, that marriage is this creation of a new thing, and it's bound up with creation, and was meant to be a vehicle of life, we go on to, at the end of our reading today, have a discussion about children. Where do children come from? When a man and a woman join together and become one flesh, one creates even more new life from that union. The bringing into the world of children, which were meant to be a blessing, a blessing to parents, a blessing to God, and a blessing that these new beings would have life in themselves from God. But just as the people coming up to Jesus see marriage as a hassle, that one wants to be able to get out of whenever it simply becomes inconvenient, they see children the same way. And so the disciples rebuked the children that were being brought to Jesus. Marriage, such a pain in the neck. Children, even more so. Always interfering with our ability to have fun. I got to look after the kids. I got to get a babysitter. I got to pay for college. Got to pay for high school. Got to drive them to soccer practice. Got to drive them home from soccer practice. Got to make lunches for them. Change the diapers on and on and on. Who wants to have kids? That's the way people in a world of death, driven by death, look at children. Not so the Lord of life, the one that brings a man and a woman together to create a new life 
and that brings that new life from them, that God sees those children as precious, not as a burden, but as a gift. Be fruitful and multiply, God said to the first man and woman. Fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. I give you a zoo and it will be great. And you will govern it the way I intended creation to be governed. The long and the short of it is this. Life under sin has become a burden. Marriage has become a burden. Children have become a burden. Even life itself can become a burden. And so we are always ever looking for the way out of marriage, the way out of children. And even in Canada, we have figured out the way out of life. And we sanction it because life is a burden. Jesus would not have us think this way. Jesus wants us to once again see life as a gift, as a blessing. And to do that, he has to point us out of the life that we are living in this fallen world to the life of the world that's yet to come, to a life that we can't even imagine, that Jesus is going to have a hard time trying to share with people because they're so stuck in a world of death. What do you mean we can't divorce? What do you mean we should sell everything we have and give it to the poor? What do you mean we should follow you even if that means turning our back on our community? Because Jesus says, I I'm going to point you out of a world of death into a world of life now and eternal life in the new creation that is yet to come. And it's going to be great and it's going to be glorious and nobody is going to want a way out anymore. And that's why this text ends with one of the best gospel verses ever. Sometimes we read the gospel and then as pastors we say, this is the gospel of the Lord. And we're kind of chuckling to ourselves saying, really? But not this time. And Jesus took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Because that's what Jesus does for us every time we hear his word. Every time we receive his forgiveness. Every time we bring someone to that font and they are born anew. Every time we receive someone at this altar. Every time we are fed on the body and blood of Jesus himself. Jesus takes us in his arms, the same arms stretched out on the cross, the same arms that bled for you and I, takes us up in those arms and blesses us. Because he has married us and has no intention of divorcing. We are his father's children, and he will not rebuke us when we come into his presence, but receive us. And he is not content in letting death be the end, but intends to raise us on the last day, that we might have life eternal in his presence. Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the reign of God. To you belongs the reign of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to learn more, visit intheway.org. Thank you for listening, and God bless your week.